Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Inatech. No, you're working at Inatech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars, if I had a million dollars, we'll back to Jacks up tomorrow. Somehow, she's only any on the board. S&P futures. Down 59, Nasdaq futures down 272, Dow futures down 274 after one of the most incredible comebacks I've ever seen yesterday in the market, uh, which are always, they're good, but then they also, you know, they can give you an idea that the market is not exactly, uh, shall we say, hitting on all cylinders when that happens, because it was a, an exception wild ride. Dow was down over a 1,000 points, finished up, that kind of stuff, and I was down some again today. It's uh, kind of crazy. Uh, Brennan, are you strapped in? I am strapped in. How are you this morning, Chief? Doing all right. Uh, re- <laughs> recovered from yesterday. Uh, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. See, I thought I thought you were the guru who could know how to make millions of dollars on this just because I uh, kind of anticipated all these things. Um, well, to be funny, you should mention that the uh, we actually had a very nice day, uh, because, but it was. Uh, harrowing to say the least. I mean, we had, uh, I think everybody should know by this time, I run a protected program. And, uh, and we also have a lot of people that, uh, in some of the places I do, do, uh, business for, are only protected to a certain extent. They have 20% of their money, say with me, and some of the stuff they're, they're total believers. You know, and you're never, you can't ever really, uh, I won't say talk sense, but it's hard to, to, def- Defer a believer, which is, is that a fair way to say it, Brennan? Is that a nice way to say it? That's a good way to say it, yeah. I mean, they, they absolutely love these stocks. They're convinced after 12 years they are worth where they are. The idea of any kind of fundamental analysis, you can't even, you can't even bring up the subject. Uh, some people are absolutely followers of Bitcoin. When you ask them what it is, they can't even tell you. So it's, I don't, I don't even try and do that, really. I, I just say, how much would you like protected? And I just take care of that piece. And so when that happens, I mean, it, it, used, it used to be sort of easy to do that, but now yesterday, uh, that's not what, when when you have, uh, and please don't do this at home, this is something for a professional, uh, you know, there, and that's another thing that, uh, that, you know, I'm sure, Brendan, in your mind, everybody in the world could be a lawyer, right? You went to school and you've got a lot, you've got a lot of experience and yet they know more than you. You know, it's, it's, it's well, just, I don't think that, but a lot of people that I know think that. Yes, absolutely. No. <laughs> you know, the old uh, the old commercial that says, uh, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. Yeah, it's, it's basically what, you know, I mean, when you start doing these kinds of, so in other words, our, our, the puts we have for protection and the indexes, or most, most of them, now become very, very deep in the money. You know, t- I mean, we're talking now 13, 15 bucks, like in one day. Well, clearly... Your, the straddle for yesterday at, at 11 o'clock in the morning for a close last night was six or seven dollars. I mean, you, you never see that. And it turns out it was cheap because we came back twelve dollars, right? <laughs> so, so it, it ended up being like cheap. Okay. So, anyway, so you have, you have to roll your puts down, okay? Because you really don't want a six, a fifteen dollar in the money put because now it's you know it doesn't do you much good there. But but now the roll down price is awful because. 
you might be selling a ten dollar spread, but the best your bid you're getting is like six fifty, maybe six seventy five if you're lucky. So you're sitting there going, wait a minute, I'm essentially giving up four dollars of my insurance if I do this here. But then I don't want a, a put fifteen dollars of the money either because this could bounce back, even though it sure as hell didn't look like it at the time. So okay, you do that, but now all of a sudden you got you got to try and cover the money you just essentially gave up if it stays there. So we pick some out of the money uh, repair strategy on the call side. All right, again, don't do this at home. I mean, most people have no idea what I'm talking about. So we did that, and, and one of them, the Russell came back like twelve dollars, and all of a sudden, our calls that were so far out of the money, I couldn't believe we were selling them that far out, are now in the money. <laughs> This is like three hours later. So we had to roll those on the same day. So now all of a sudden, our position looks fine. And for this morning, this this could be really good for us right here. I mean, it's not down that much compared to where we was moving around yesterday. So, but I mean, the idea, you know, when you talk to a lot of retail people, it's it's pretty scary because the the uh, the phone call turns into a lecture from them to you about how the stock they have, and you can read the stocks, Amazon, Google, whatever they are, of how, how they're going to be the future and how you don't have to worry about the price, blah, blah, blah. Okay, and you know what? I, from their lips to God's ear, I don't want to see anybody lose money. I hope it's right. Fundamentally, you couldn't get me in half these things. I mean, they're, they're, they're great companies. They're, in my opinion, they're too high and don't even start about Bitcoin. I, you know, I just, there are companies here that are going to get thrown out, the baby with the bathwater. And they're great buys when, when everybody sells everything. Like yesterday, the futures are going down, people are selling everything. So it's up to you to keep your eye on the ones that actually are worth where they're trading. And there are some there. You know, I'm not going to go into a list, but I, I honestly think there are. So, you know, I, I remember back in the, in the, uh, 2000 fiasco, Brennan, the, the QQQ, which is the NASDAQ, was, was trading 120. And it went down to 20 or 22 or something. So it lost like four-fifths of its value. Meanwhile, the OEX was down some, but it wasn't down anywhere near that. It might have been down, you know, 15% or something. So it really does matter. I mean, just because, I mean, these these stocks that, uh, whenever whenever somebody on TV starts talking about, well, you know, you're in for a long haul, five or ten years. No, five or ten years is a long time, Brenda. It's a long time. You, you can't, you can't buy us. You know, I mean, I, I deal with people all day long. You, you can't deal with a, buy a stock for a hundred for somebody and it trades twenty for the next decade and then they sell it at one oh one. I mean, okay. I guess you got out of it at one oh one, but you sure as hell didn't make money even though you think you did. So anyway, I'm just kind of preaching here a little bit. I'm sure you do the same thing when people start telling you all about the law. Or how to play quarterback or something. Really? I mean, there, there are always a lot of people who, who know the law better, better and, um, you know, compare things in one state to another, or the federal government to state law, and uh, everybody everybody knows the the right way what the law should read and what the law does read, even without reading it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I hope that when when I ask you questions, I'll ask you what the law is, then I'll argue with you about why it should why it shouldn't be that way. But but, but at least I always take your word for what it is. I hope I do anyway. And I appreciate that, and I appreciate that, and recognizing that uh, I you know when I give advice. It's often not because of what my feelings are, what I think it should be, but the way that it's been interpreted by other courts over the years. Well, what do you make of uh, at, at this at this date? This morning, I'm, re- I'm listening on the way in about some Atlanta judge is putting a, a special prosecutor out there for uh, election election problem. 
For God's sake, Brennan, at this point, what, what, what are we doing? I mean, what, what, we're going to try and, re- there's no way anything's getting reversed. What are we trying to do? Well, you know, what happened after the 2020 election, um, I, I think, is, is really a challenge. That um, over the last several years, there have been a lot of pullbacks on the Voting Rights Act and, and voting rights restrictions. This comes down in part to uh, a, a philosophy on voting. Do you want to restrict the, the voting to people who are going to vote your way, or do you want to open it up to everybody and take the risk that it may or may not go your way? And over the last several years, you know, a lot of states have gone to, and, and I'm not just talking about the 2020 election or the 2016 election, but I'm going back even 20 or 30 years when things like mail-in voting, early voting were, uh, started to become popular. I had a friend who, uh, who lived in Arizona but was in the military and still maintained his Iowa residence. And he said for years he had voted uh, by mail, by absentee, uh, because he was in different parts of the country. And even when he was in Iowa, in his hometown, he just didn't want to wait until election day to vote because he knew he was going to vote for it. So he was of the of the mindset that voting should be made easier for a period of time in advance. And uh, what I've seen lately is a restriction of uh, the ability to vote. And you know, there's um, that I think is a big problem. And when you're saying that we're not going to keep relitigating 2020, well. If you're trying to, um, I think the reason it still has legs is because there is still a feeling that there's going to be more voting restrictions coming down and through gerrymandering. And when I say gerrymandering, I'm not just talking about Republicans in certain states. I'm talking about on both sides because I think, for example, that the Illinois map is heavily gerrymandered in favor of the Democrats, and I don't agree with that either. Um, but those types of things, uh, having gerrymandered maps, having restricted voting rights, or the ability to vote, I think, is keeping this front and center. Um, I don't know how it's going to play out in the, in the 2022 elections in some of these states, but I think we're in for many more challenges based on what's going on right now. Um, I'm in a... I'm, I'm, I'm sort of... I've got myself totally in the middle on this, in that you, the first question you asked... Is do you want to restrict voting to people to only the people who vote for you? And the answer is yes, and everybody, as much as people <laughs> say differently. Am I, where am I wrong there? Well, uh, do you remember the movie Key Largo with uh, um, yeah. Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Paul, and Edward G. Robinson? Yep. When Johnny Rockwell first came in, he goes, "I'm from Chicago. We keep counting the votes until they turn out the right way." Yeah. Well, I mean, there's uh, that's. I mean, that, that's kind of where we are right now, that there's uh, an impetus to uh, make sure that regardless of, of who is running or where they're running, that I'm going to win. And I'm going to do everything to restrict what you can do to win. And in fact, even if you do win, I'm going to put people in place to say that you didn't win because I'm going to recount the votes in my favor, even knowing that they're, they're wrong or against me. Um, and I think that's that's a big fear that there is, um, and uh, you know I think that looking the the Voting Rights Act has been pulled back over the last few years by the Supreme Court, and I think that's a big fear that people have. And when you look at I mean when I look at some of the statistics, um, even you know we'll take Illinois for example, uh, the overall vote in Illinois usually comes out with uh, a swing of two to three percent. 
So you may be talking overall Republican votes versus Democratic votes are somewhere like 52, 53% to 47, 48%. Yet the Democrats have a supermajority in both the House and the Senate in the state legislature. That's incomprehensible to me. And when you look at another state, I think it's uh, North Carolina, where they've got 14 representatives, and it's uh, an 11 to 1 ratio. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, like 11 to 2 ratio. And when the, the when the uh, some of the state senators were asked why it's so lopsided, it goes, well, because he couldn't figure out a way to do it for 13 to 1. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, so that's kind of a stated purpose. That, you know, knowingly we are configuring this so that uh, our side wins whichever, you know, whoever our side is. Uh, and that's, I think, reprehensible. And that, uh, but, but it's also, a lot of but, it, but it's, but it's very expected. Right. Um, well, it's expected, but it should be challenged. And, and that's where I think, um, and, and that's where I think the, the danger is that it's not being challenged in a way that, um, that is fair and open. I, uh, um, by the way, I, I, I'm, I'm, sounds like I'm arguing with you, but I'm not. I'm agreeing with you. I, I just, uh, in, in fact, people, you know, the hair comes up on the back of their neck that, that if you see somebody, you know, going to the hills of West Virginia in some place and come down with a bus of people that have never voted in 50 years, you, you know that if you're driving the bus, they're voting for you, right? I mean, it's, and mm-hmm. you, you go on the south side, and all of a sudden you find people that have never voted somehow, and seem to be, uh, you know, on some sort of public aid, you say, and, and whatever. I mean, there isn't anybody who thinks, wait a minute, the 50 bo- votes on that on that uh, bus count as much as uh, 50 people that have their own businesses and hire. I mean, it, 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 I, you have to say to yourself, everybody in this country gets a, gets a chance to vote, but you're, you're, you're going to think that way, Brennan, just for a second, like, wait a minute, <laughs> I don't even know who he's, who he's voting for. Not not that I do in my district either. Miss, no, not but I, uh, yeah, that, that's the false argument because it's not only 50 people being brought on the bus, but I think that, um, I mean, that, in part, that's the role of precinct captains in different parts of the country where the precinct captain goes out and, and, uh, you know, takes you, drives you to the pole, um, or gets you to the garbage can. I mean, that, in some ways, that's the argument of how local politics works. But I'm also talking about, but I don't see, um, 50 people coming in on a bus. I know that was alleged in one of the recent elections, but that was disproven. That there were people coming over the border from Canada in buses to vote in Vermont. Oh, I, I, I understand like that. That, I, I, that I, didn't happen. What, what I'm saying is, people people read the news stories and they believe it. But I, I, I will say this: I don't, I don't trust. I mean, you, you know, I've been a lifelong Democrat now. Now I'm in the middle. I never once trust trust these guys and who the hell was voted. Voting. I mean, I mean, my I had a I, hopefully, but if I ever I haven't seen or heard from her in years, but I had a friend who uh, was an election judge like forever out on the northwest side, and uh, and at that in those days, I mean, your absentee ballots literally were somebody who you know was out of, out in the country on business or people in the armed forces, and people voted mm-hmm. people voted on election day. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say. Boy, that's the only way people should be able to vote because I think so. But there is a certain discipline to it. Brendan shows up, Tom shows up, guy, lady, they look at you to both judges, they check your signature, 
you know, they they you know, they know you live down the block, you know, the type of thing. There's and you go and you vote. It there it's it's not you know it's it's not an anal swab like in in, uh, in China, but it's but it's there's some discipline to the system. Okay, and now all mm-hmm. the, and this lady told me that uh, remember when Forrest Claypool was wandering down the block heading to the county building and. Uh, Everybody thought he was a total loser because he just didn't accept the uh, losing to Todd Stroge or whatever he lost to. And everybody thought yeah. he, he was an idiot. Well, she said, you know, this is the first time the absentee ballots used to come to the district or the precinct, and the precinct people in there would do the same thing. When they open up the absentee ballot, they'd go, God, here's Joe. He's in Iran. Here's his signature, blah, blah, blah. We're letting this one go through. All of a sudden, that was taken, and all those ballots were pushed down to the county building. So instead of a precinct by precinct thing, I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, I don't trust these bleeps in the county building to do the same thing the people at the precinct down the block from me do. And, and I, I, and I don't have any problem with some sort of a, a really well thought out electronic voting, and I sure as hell don't want it to be where anybody can't get to the polling place. I want it, I want it fair too, like Brennan, like you, Brennan, but somehow this, this whole thing a couple of years ago, I don't trust either side. The, the, the electronic system, in, like Lou says, in, Cal, in uh, Colorado and Oregon has been ongoing for years, and it's pretty darn straight. I don't trust the Cook County organization have an electronic system they put in in two months to be fair for a nanosecond. Do you? Um, you you're, you're getting into specifics that are challenging. Admittedly, they're challenging because when you're looking at a system with the history of Cook County, or you're looking at the system of some other uh, areas in different parts of the country, it's hard to challenge them because of their history. But I think that's being exacerbated by by some of the rules uh, going too far in the other direction because it does seem like uh, if we can figure out a way not to make your vote count, then we won't. Well, sure. make it harder for you to vote because uh, we want our people to win, that, that's going too far in the other direction, too. Well, if you decide... People can can vote electronically, and we're going to close a whole bunch of polling places. I'm against that because I think people need their polling places. I do too. I, I, I think that I, I think that um, you know, and I'm going to use an example of like some of the Indian reservations, which are, are where ballot boxes or drop boxes are uh, being removed. Um, it's virtually impossible for people to come off the reservation and vote. Right. Or some small towns where, um, I think it's Houston, where, uh, you know, a tremendously large geographic area has one drop box for people to, to deposit their, their ballots and when they're required to, as opposed to having five or ten or more in different parts of a very large geographic area. Is that fair? No. Oh, yeah, no. Well, what I'm saying, I'm starting from the premise that that both sides don't want... When somebody says, it doesn't matter who you vote for, it only matters that you vote. If he's the guy running, there's a lie. <laughs> and who, feel, who honestly feels that way? Even you and me, who are, who are the softest touches on earth. Who who really wants the, the, the guy who's going to go vote for you to not miss the bus or vote against you? That's right. <laughs> no, I, I, that, you're right. I mean, anybody who says that, especially as a politician, is being disingenuous. They don't want people to come out and vote if they're going to take a, a viewpoint that is contrary to theirs, unless they think that they can persuade them otherwise before the election. Right. Now, hey, so what's, uh, what, what, we have, 
stuff happening, and I guess the, we, we went a little bit too far into that, but the, the thing that I, the biggest thing I have problem with it, Brennan, is we don't we don't have time with with damn near a war on our hands. Uh, we've got all kinds of stuff going on here. We don't have time to fight about this last election. I don't think. Name me a state legislature, name me a Congress that doesn't have more to do right now. Don't worry about that. I, it's a lot going on. I agree with you. And the, the danger of war, and the panel of inflation, I think are um, are completely top of the list for things that should be uh, handled. I, I agree with you. But um, you know, sometimes different tasks, different battles have to be fought at the same time. Well, now I think that the one one way to do this would be for um, for more work to be done, and not worrying about more um, politicking back in the home district or fundraising, but actually get some work done. Well, I mean, there's no question that if anybody wants uh, fair districting, they should have a computer generated districting. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Yet some stuff. Is uh, is so dramatically makes sense to every. Well, I think it does. There's one vote. Why? Why don't it makes sense to me that with these markets doing what they're doing, that you you need to raise the the three three thousand dollar maximum on. They had, some, they had some lady. I almost said something nasty. Uh, some lady on, on TV the other day talking about. Well, if you lose money, you get to take three thousand off from your ordinary income, like forever. And I'm thinking. <laughs> What, what, that what, is one of the dumbest things I've heard. I, I, that, that, I'm sitting there going, what, where, did, "Where did you come from?" <laughs> like, God, you know. But and then you know, I, I don't. Uh, I mean, what's happening here is is sort of crazed. And I, I just, I know I can, I can, I can complain to you because you're an attorney. But the amount of stuff they pile on somebody, you know, somebody they can come after, the pile, of, the pile of stuff that the the, the Finra people do on a regular person registered like me make sure that you never give any advice make sure this make sure you don't ever a- answer a question from anybody on a show i mean they listen to my show when they come here for an audit and yet i get on tv and all these people are making a fortune and they're all working for these big firms and they get on there and, th- and they buy something and the first thing they do is tell everybody else to buy it i mean talking their own book they're the worst than the old the old farts you used to see at the, at the racetrack selling their they're, they're touts, right? They're, they're as bad. They're tout sheets, yep. And, uh, and yet, it, you know, at least with the racetrack, you knew the deal. This, this, mm-hmm. and, but you know, these guys, how about, look at the guys that get on there and, and, and buy Bitcoin. The next thing they do is go on TV and tell you to go buy it. You know, I, I, I just, I don't know how, at least, at least get FINRA out of everybody else's, out of everybody else's business so you can let that happen. But the, mm-hmm. this whole idea of, uh, since I've, I've, uh, <laughs> I have a group that I meet with once or twice a week now, Brennan, uh, some older lawyers and a few judges, and it's, it's really interesting to hear, to hear them talk, and I'll say something like, yeah, but like this other guy, oh yeah, well, you got, you got to not pay attention to that. Because <laughs> if you're looking for fairness in the system, you can't even operate. It's like, how scary, mm-hmm. how, I mean, is that true? I mean, I think it is probably true, isn't it? I think it is. Uh, I, I think in a lot of the regulations, a lot of the regulatory system, is meant to deal with past experiences. You know, it, you know, like law is always new laws are always looking backwards more than they look forwards. That they're trying to solve a problem or something that we perceive as being wrong in the past. 
that's why, you know, the area of loopholes, when you have a list of 10 things that are prohibited, somebody's going to figure out how to do the 11th thing. And then next year, the 11th thing will be added to the list, and then a 12th thing comes up. So it, it, it's always kind of reactionary. And oftentimes, that pendulum swings too far uh, in the opposite direction until there's a correction. Unfortunately, with federal regulations and federal government, oftentimes that pendulum swing takes years or decades instead of uh, months or weeks because you realize that they've uh, gone too far. Well, what uh, the what does Luke call it? Prosecutorial discretion. Um, I, I just I, and I was talking yesterday. We don't have much time, but. But the people who they arrested the Board of Trade years ago, you know, they're, they're showing up at people's houses. You know, the, the wife's crying and the kids are wondering what the hell's going on. The dog's barking and they're, they're grilling some guy, you know, at 6 in the morning at his kitchen table, doing the best they can to embarrass him in front of neighbors and everything else. And yet when you see uh, some big firm, have an, have a, a smaller firm, you know, they'll, they'll do that. They'll, they'll Maybe they'll wheel somebody out in handcuffs, but you're never going to see... I mean, if, if, you're, I mean, if, if you're going to catch... You know, Pfizer with the antitrust thing or something like that or, or Pfizer from, you know, paying off somebody in, in government too much. You're never going to see people pile into that board. Of course, the board's in Europe now, right? Or some places down here or in Bahamas. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not, you're, they're not going to be treated the same way. No, they're not. And it's, I mean, who, who makes that call of who to embarrass and who to, is it the people, they constantly look, put their hand up in the air and see where the political money wins are coming from or what? Well, I think, um, you know, money talks. We, we know that money talks and power talks. So the, the, you're right. If it's if it's a question, uh, well, um, you know, sometimes it can be done. As we know, it can be done for political favors and political positioning, like the um, the Attorney General of the State of New York, uh, 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 Spitzer. Remember when he was going through and, and getting some Wall Street people and having the perp walk out of the out of the big houses, but that was just for his own political gain. Oh, I don't know about that. I, think those, way and ironically I don't. I don't. I don't know about that. But I, I think it would the same way they would. They would have uh, treated me if it was. If I was one of those people on Florida Seabog, I never was. But if mm-hmm. they came after me, they would treat me that way. But I think that, to your point, I think that you know when you're when you're with a really high power organization, you can uh, work that arrangement because it, it, you're you're seen as some kind of a powerful person that uh, lives by different rules and should be treated differently because of all the good things you've done for for the world, but it's really just a power play. And, uh, and you're right, people are treated differently, whether they're in a, a, a large, powerful corporation, politically connected corporation, or your Joe Schmo from down the street. Um, we have to dash, but um, we what I should have quizzed you is... Um, have you been Have you been uh, tested for COVID? Are you taking your way out of the Bears general manager job, and are you going to China for the Olympics and and going with the anal swab? Uh, no anal swab, no China Olympics. Uh, I've not been tested for COVID because I've not had any symptoms and I've been pretty uh, quiet, and, and I have not been around anybody who known who is known and told me they've had COVID. Right, so, so we need to put out a pre- we need a press release. Brendan Cornyn. Uh, takes himself out of the run himself, his self, south side, himself out of the running for the for the general manager's job and is tested negative for COVID. <laughs> I didn't even answer the question about the GM or the head coaching position of the Bears. How well, do you know I'm not on the list? Well, maybe well that would, that would even um, be better. I, but, I, I, but I think I think really what the Bears really should do is start looking for the water carrier and ball boy before they hire the head coach and before they hire the GM. 
I say we got to go, but bring it back. That's, that's the Bears' way of doing things. You know, why why would you want to have the GM hired first and set the stage for the organization uh, when you can hire the you the head coach or I, the, the water boy, neither of whom may be compatible with the GM? Just I say bring back the Honey Bears. S&P Futures down 60 days. Absolutely. Down 282. I'll be right back. Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630 401 8810 or search us on the web at cognoshr.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Well, no stocks and jocks. I'm Tamal. She's Eliani on the board. SP Futures down 62. Yeah, down 62. Because they are all over the place. Of course, last, yesterday we got down 120. They came back, they were up 20 on the close or 12 or somewhere in there. 
NASDAQ futures down 288. Dow futures down 248. Over in Europe, we've got DAX up 92.6% because they didn't catch all that comeback yesterday that we did because that happened pretty much after they were closed. FTSE up 63.9%, CAC around up 568 Um In Asia, we've got Nikkei down 457. It's minus 1.7%. Shanghai down 91, 2.6%. Hang Seng down 412, 1.7%. Uh, so they, they, uh, they sort of anticipated us coming down here again today. This is kind of crazy stuff. Uh, Dow, uh, yesterday, Dow Jones ended up up 99 after being down over 1,000. S&P's up 12 after being down well over 100. NASDAQ up 86, and they were down 600 maybe, somewhere in there. Uh, bonds, uh, 1.77, so they're up three basis points. The bond uh, up one basis point to minus point zero eight. Again, they were positive on Friday morning, Thursday morning, for like a nanosecond. Japan, uh, 0.13 unchanged. We've got oil quiet here, down three cents, eighty three twenty eight. Brent up twenty one cents, eighty six forty eight. Natural gas down two cents, four dollars exactly. Our bob up a penny to two forty. We've got gold down four bucks, but still eighteen thirty seven. Silver down a dime, twenty three seventy. Copper unchanged at four forty. And we have Bitcoin, which made a comeback yesterday from like 33,000 back to 36. is almost unchanged on the day, 36,518. Eliani, what do you have for us? Traffic, weather, sports, and weather sucks, basically. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Currently 6.36 a.m. on January 25th. Let's get into sports. Kind of a busy night last night. Uh, in Chicago basketball, Bulls beat uh, OKC Thunder uh, 111 to 110. Really close call. Phoenix Suns beat Utah Jazz 115 to 109. In hockey, Blackhawks lose to Colorado Avalanche 0 to 2. And nothing to report for Phoenix last night as far as hockey goes. In college basketball, EIU Panthers lose to Belmont Bruins 56 to 90. Pretty big hit. And Arizona State loses to USC 56 to 78. In weather, it is absolutely freezing in Chicago today. Probably the coldest we've had it so far. Currently 4 degrees with a low of 7, high of 12 in Chicago. But we will have some sun, some sun today, which is great. Uh, Phoenix, as per usual, doing better than we are as far as weather. Uh, currently sunny and 45 with a high of 69 and a low of 45 for today. Uh, busy morning on the roads already. Uh, currently, uh, there's a lot of construction as per usual on I-90 east and westbound between Irving Park and South LaSalle because of the construction we have going on around there. A uh, recent accident at Central Avenue on I-55 causing uh, slowdowns north and southbound between Route 71 and, I-9- and the I-90 West exit ramp. Another exit uh, accident on I-94 West uh, at Sibley Boulevard uh, causing slowdowns between Sibley and Armitage. Uh, we have more slowdowns uh, just because of traffic on Lakeshore Drive between East Roosevelt and Lower Randolph. Uh, currently, obviously, more slowdowns on 294 North between U.S. Highway 34 and 127th because of continuing construction. Uh, we have two car accidents uh, nearby the uh, 355 South exit at Army Trail and Valley View and another accident at 75th and Lamont. So please be careful driving today, guys. It's really slippery. And that's all I have for you, Chief. We have Mr. Joel. Uh, we will in just a moment. Here okay. we go. Joel, we got you, bud. Chief, how you doing? All right, how are you? Uh, rumor has it that you sold 100 E-minis up 32 Sunday night, covered them and went long down, <laughs> down 125, and sold them last night, and are now Googling yacht companies in Detroit. Uh, well, first of all, I wish that was true. Second of all... 
let me apologize uh, for not giving you a heads up last week that I was going to be out of town. Well, you know, Sorry I, about that. You know I always miss when I don't get my Joel fixed. Okay. Oh, boy. Uh, man, cheap. Volatility, you know what that begets? That begets more volatility. So, yeah. I don't know. Do you want to go with the uh, uh, the CNBC that if we close below ten cent, we're in a bit, you know ten percent. It's a bear market. Uh, I think it's a little early to throw in the towel on that. Um, do you see a? I'm hoping I don't see it because I saw it once and it was pretty ugly. Uh, the 2000 fiasco were all the stocks that uh, say she weren't weren't fundamentally strong. How's that for a nice thing? I won't say they weren't worth what they were worth. They were. Uh, they had a massive correction, and a lot of the other stocks that never really got into that rarefied air had a little bit of a correction. But I, I remember the, the Q's going from 120 to 20. I don't. When I was in the I was in the OEX pit. Uh, I don't. I don't. We went down some, but I don't think it was more than about 10 percent. Was it in 2000? Maybe a little more. I mean, uh, the market took the overall market took a hit. I mean, obviously they took they took the. Uh, uh, you know, the high P.E., you know, the overvalued stocks, you know, they took them out to the woodshed. And at first, they were, you know, they were buying the value stocks, right? Buying, uh, you know, the value tech and everything. And uh, and then they decided to throw, you know, the baby out with the bathwater. And they decided to hit everything. Um, I think there's a couple different factors that you can look at, uh, you know. But, but to me, in my humble opinion... We were doing okay until this uh, this thing started up with Russia. Um, that's a whole new, you know, we know about the Fed. We know about overvalued, um, you know, growth stocks. We know about that. But what we don't know is what Russia's going to do in the Ukraine. And uh, I, I think that anybody think that poo-poo's that situation is overlooking, you know, a major macroeconomic factor. Uh, I, I would agree with you 100%, except... Uh Maybe for one thing, I, we've had this, I'll say, serious degradation in a, you know, in a, what, 10% of the stocks that were the, yeah. the, 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 the COVID stocks. And I think it has caused some people to, I mean, I mean, I mean Peloton really is only worth 25 bucks. When it was, I mean, I think there's a, you know, and, and your, your DocuSign, well, you guys, you don't make any money or you very, make very little. I think we're, we're, some people are, are seeing what can happen to a stock that's trading, you know, 400, it doesn't make any dough. And I'm not saying, I don't even know what that stock would be, but I think there's some, there's some shock and awe at, uh, at, you know, how high some of the stuff is. I mean, just a little bit. I mean, I don't think that's affecting your caterpillars and your apples and your 3Ms or anything like that, but I mean, some of this stuff is just, right, there was somebody on yesterday, and Joel, you and I know one of the most interesting parts of the business is trying to figure out when people's view of a stock changes in terms of valuation, and I'll go back, you know, 20 years, and I'll say eBay. The thing was forever high. I mean, you and I, if we'd have been on the air, we'd have said, wow, look at where this thing's trading. Yeah, you never wanted to short it. And all of a sudden, one day, everybody said, you know what, it's not this massive, uh, you know, uh, advancement stock anymore. It's just a regular retailer, and all of a sudden it got priced like a retailer, and now it's priced like a retailer. And, uh, and it's, you know, I mean, it's, but someday there was, there was a guy yesterday talking about, uh, Netflix and how incredibly cheap it is down here. And I'm looking at Netflix, and I always have liked the company. I have their ability to move, move as the, as the, as the world has changed around them. 
I thought was really pretty spectacular. Yet they still haven't exactly broken in somewhere where they make a fortune. Uh, they keep they keep rolling with the punches pretty good. I'll say that for them. But I mean, the thing's down a hundred bucks to from fifty volts, fifty p to forty or thirty eight. Now it's thirty five. And a guy was saying this is incredibly cheap because this stock should be valued like at sixty, like this, you know, this this new dot bomb thing. And I'm thinking maybe the rest of the world's thinking maybe not. Maybe they're around so long and they're just another retailer here at this point, and maybe they should be twenty five p. That's that's the part that you and I I think find imp- so incredibly interesting about the business. Nobody knows when that point's going to come or who it is that makes the call, right? And right, and, and who are, and, and I mean, there will, uh, just to agree with what you're saying, I mean, there'll be winners from this carnage. Yeah, there will be. Oh, yeah. But we're not going to know it for five or ten years, right? I mean, that uh, that's how long it took some of these stocks to recover. Now, you take a stock like Cisco, and that still never got back up to those levels. So, uh, you know, there's going to be some winners. Is it going to be Netflix? I mean, that's a really competitive space, right? Yeah. You know, who, who they compete with. But then look at Disney. You know, Disney's gotten absolutely massacred um, as well. That's a very competitive space. Uh, you know, with the, you know, the Netflix got the uh, stay-at-home premium uh, during the uh, during the pandemic. And, you know, I... I mean, we have it, we use it, we watch shows. I just, you know, I'm probably not a good person to be asked because I, I watch sports. And then whatever TV shows Lisa wants to watch. So, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't download or, you know, or watch a whole series of things. I couldn't really tell you about the content. Um, but that's just a very, very competitive space. And, you know, it's definitely going to emerge as a this great winner. Sure, but, man, when stocks go... I mean that thing was at nearly seven hundred bucks in November, yeah. and now it's what trading at three eighty. I mean, it, if and when it comes back, it's going to take a long, long, long time. Oh, and, I agree. I, and I don't think people are prepared for that. And also, you know, um, it made me sick last year uh, in twenty one. You know, when you had these Reddit stocks, and you had this GME, and you had AMC, and you had Oh, that was what the market was, you know, the big, you know, the big short squeezes, the big things, and it just, it, it made me sick to my stomach. And, oh, yeah. You know, this is what happens when, you know, when, when people, you know, trade in a herd mentality and don't look at the fundamentals of stocks. So, um, it's all coming back to roost. The valuation doesn't matter until it matters, Chief. Oh, I know. It's mattering now more than ever. All right, bud, go, go blue, buddy. Well, uh, SP Futures down 61, NASDAQ Futures down 294. Real right back is Kenny Polkiri. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 
11. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708 349 3456, that's 708-349-3456, or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market, along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and Jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Let's cut to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? You're drowning and I throw you a life jacket. Would you grab it? Yes. Good. Pick up 200 shares. I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask them how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they going to say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? Low on base tax jacks. I'm Tom. Tom out. She's Aliani on the board. SP Futures down 60. Nasdaq Futures down 285. Massive rally yesterday after being way down. Do we have Mr. Kenny? We do. How are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I have a question for you. Suppose one of the yeah. one of the Pol- Kenny Polkari clan is out filling up the Polkari cement pond, is in the Beverly Hillbillies, and all of a sudden you get to the top to where it's overflowing. Would the Polkari schedule a meeting for March to think about turning the water off, or would they like do it right now? No, would probably turn it. Would probably turn it off right now. Um. So you don't think the March meeting to, to discuss it would be the, the prudent thing to do? Yet our Fed is doing that, right? Well, we don't know, right? That's the big. That's the big. Uh, the question mark. I think they are going to announce the beginning of the stock now, but the, you know the the, the the money says it's not. The money says they're going to talk about doing it, but they're not going to do it until March, which doesn't really make a ton of sense. But we'll see. Um, what do you make of the? Eighty billion dollars being put on the balance sheet last week. I don't know if you saw uh, that or not. Well, what I make of that is that someone's not telling us the complete truth because they tell us on the one hand they're taking it away, on the other hand, then they keep adding to it. Uh, but I do think that some of that is trying to control the angst and nervousness, which doesn't really seem to be working because there's a ton of angst and nervousness out there. Yeah, what did you make it yesterday, bud? I hope you I hope you did all right with it. I did. I actually did do all right with it because, like you and I have been talking about it, I um, I um, have been preparing for what I thought was going to be turbulent. So I've got some hedging. I've got some positions on that to hedge my account the downside. So while I lost value on the stocks that I own, which are all great names, I don't own 
you know, a lot of this fancy stuff, I own really solid uh, conservative stuff, I guess you might say. Things like, you know, Ford and J.P. Morgan and Bank of America and IBM. I would consider those more conservative than Peloton. Yeah, well, but, yeah. um, um, you know, I did all right. You know, and, and to see the way the market reacted uh, yesterday was kind of interesting because it got to a very, very oversold position very quickly. You saw the S&P traded right down to 42.22, which was a level where it had been resistant back in April, May of 21, and it finally broke through. So I think that's going to be the level now that it's broken all the trend line. That's going to be a level that we're going to test again and possibly a third time before this turbulence is over. So if anyone thinks that, you know, yesterday's rally was like signaled the end of the capitulation, I don't think that's true at all. Uh, well, so this morning's proving you're right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I just wonder when something like that happens, who, who all of a sudden some signal comes out of some place that, you know, that the Fed's either going to put something off or something's going to happen or they're going to wait and see one more inflation number. They think, and the idea that this inflation is coming out of the system and if they just wait, it, it's all, it's all, they, there's still this transitory thing beating on somebody's heads and I don't, I don't know, I don't buy that either. I, uh, I think, I think, I think they don't, yeah, I, I was going to say, I there's so much, I don't buy that either, but I do think that, yes, they got to such an oversold position. When you look at some of the names, like I said, uh, I, I put up my note this morning, a name like NVIDIA, which was already down 36% going into yesterday morning, was down another 10% at one point. And I understand the whole the arm stories, you know, coming to an end and the regulatory stuff. I get it. But NVIDIA is trading right back at the price it was trading in September when that news came out. And so now I think like that, NVIDIA's NVIDIA. It's not going anywhere, right? The metaverse is real. It's going to happen. NVIDIA's going to play a major role in that. And so I think names like that get scooped right up. People going, you know, this is absolutely crazy. And they started scooping up some of those quality names that are getting dragged down just because the you know, the nervousness and angst in the market. There are some names I still won't touch at all. But, you know, you look like NVIDIA, look like Apple, look at Microsoft, look at IBM, look at, you know, any one of the big names that I mentioned are all names that I own, all names that I like, and I'll continue to like. I, uh, I'm with you on, on the like part. I don't know that I've ever liked the price they've been at the last couple of years. Right. I, you know, I don't, I, 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 uh, I, I mean, I, I've been talking the last couple of weeks, I just picked one stock because I, I don't own it or anything like that. Uh, you know, the Netflix, I mean, uh, boy, they were, the, the, uh, the guys on your former station yesterday were, were beating the drum that this is the world's greatest stock and what is it doing down here? And I go, hey guys, you know, it went from 50 PE to 38 to 35. Where's it supposed yeah. to be? I mean, it's, it's not like it's 10. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean yeah. uh, there, there's a, I won't use a, you know, an ethnic slur, but they're not, they're not like the Eastern European guy owning the six flat that, that all he does is tell you, you tell him how much it makes every year, you tell him what the maintenance is, and he'll tell you how much he'll give you where he won't even have to look at it. You know, there's, there, there's, there's very few stocks here that are at the point where I don't care if they trade zero. They're sending me a $10, uh, dividend every year, and they're making fifty bucks. If you want to drive them to zero, you're the idiot, not me. I mean, there, there's right. nothing here that that you can look at it and say, "I'm going to get that money back at this price from these people." I mean, we're not, right. we're nowhere near there yet, are we? I mean, I don't think. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. Yeah, no, I don't think so either. But but you're absolutely right, and that's why that's why I think um, we saw kind of the action that we saw yesterday that that come in and start to scoop up some of the quality names, and I think you'll continue to see. As the market pushes lower again, you know, today and even over the next couple of days. Look, the, the, right now the Fed is the one that holds the key as far as I'm concerned. 
They lost control of the conversation. They've allowed Goldman and J.P. Morgan and BlackRock and everyone else to drive the conversation. They haven't responded. Jay Powell needs to stand up tomorrow and say, okay, look, here's what the Fed is going to do. Forget what everyone's telling you should happen, could happen, might happen. Here's the schedule. Here's what we're going to do. And, and then offer clarity to the markets. And then the markets will decide what it thinks about that. What's the proper valuation? Because the market wants just the clarity and certainty over is there a plan, not all the speculation about what, you know, what could be the plan. Wants to know what the plan is, and then it will, and then it will adjust accordingly. Well, Kenny, what do you, it's been so long. I mean, I'll ask you because you, you know. By the way, you, you know all about, a lot about this stuff, and I surely respect your opinion. What What do you think the current mindset is? Do you think in this world, and again, with guys our age, and I'm not accusing you of being as old as me, guys our age, we actually think that somebody who puts their money in the bank deserves. Two two and a half three percent at a minimum because people are using your dough. I, does anybody Correct. does anybody under the age of forty think that? I mean, the idea of having a zero risk free rate forever, so so some people can borrow at ridiculously low prices and other people can't. I think that this this that, that is a new if that becomes the new normal forever. I think it's a real problem, but it, but I don't think. I, it, I, I think it's a big problem. I think it's a, I, listen, and you and I have said this, it's the generations behind us that only know zero rates, right? Because they came into this business during the great financial crisis when they pushed rates to zero, and they've been at zero now for 12 years, right? They're 12 or 14 years almost, and so they don't know anything other than that. And that's where this education is going to come in because um, they're going to get they're going to get a real slap in the face when they realize what's really going to start to happen now and what's going to happen to valuation. And honestly, what has to happen to valuation in order for it to normalize, right? That's going to be the risk. Because guys like you and I have lived it, we understand it. It's the ones that have never lived it that don't think it can happen are the ones that are suddenly going to get, oh, wow. You, you know what I mean? When they realize what happens. Well, I'm not a you know a massive fan, a fan of everything he says, Jim Chanos, but he, he was on yesterday and he was saying, we've got to get back to a world in which people actually can earn interest on money that they don't have to be in the stock market. He goes, this this is crazy. And, and, and you can see well, the rest of the people on the show looking at him like he had four heads. Well, i got to tell you something. It's funny you say that because I do agree with you. But are you if you're at all in this crypto world and crypto yield hunting, I don't know if you know anything about these uh, these new programs that are out there, but I've got an account, and, you know, and I'll speak for myself, and I'm, and I'm on the low end. I've got an account at Gemini, which is another one of these crypto, uh, crypto, uh, I don't know what you call it. Not an exchange. It's really a, almost like a quote. Yeah, I got money in there that's yielding me 9%. 9%. Think about this. Consistently. I just put it in there and every day you can check the account. It updates every 24 hours and it just keeps adding to your balance. And so there are a ton of young people that are now doing this crypto yield hunting. You can, and I don't really understand how it works. I'm just wetting my feet in it as I learn. Um, but I'm earning 9% on this money every day. I just watch how it rings up. And so there are people that are taking advantage and earning money on money that's just sitting there. Right? Oh, yeah. And, and okay. Yeah. the right way, it's no risk. This is they say it's no risk. I wait and see. Kenny, this is, this is so I, I need a, I need a minute or two, Eliane, because I got to follow this one up. Uh, Kenny, I was just going to ask you a question. And as usual, you beat me to the punch. If, if you buy a thousand shares of IBM at, at PTI or any place, our clearing firm can lend you half that money, and that money immediately goes. The, if they pledge that stock to a bank, they get money from the bank, right? 
and the bank gets yeah. paid some yeah. interest. And by the way, well, I don't even know if we get a cut, but uh, but RBC is going to make interest on it. That's called a margin loan. I was going to ask you, who the hell is giving these people these loans and these crypto things? Because some people are doing it now, and I, don't, I doubt very seriously if a bank has taken that. I think you just answered the question. I think I think they're paying you. Do you have any idea if if you or I decided to buy some Bitcoin today through one of these companies that gives you a margin loan? What's what's our what's our uh, are we paying twenty percent like the mafia or fifteen so they can pay you nine? Is it is that what you're doing? Are you financing crypto loans? Uh, well, you know, it's very interesting because I just started wetting my feet. I don't have a ton of money, and I think I got a thousand bucks in it because I want to I want to test it to see how it works. I want to understand it better. And every day I do a little bit more research, and I talk to more people about how is this possible? How am I earning nine percent on this money? I want to understand it first. But there are people, there are young people. The guy who actually is is, is guiding me is a young kid. The kid's from Serbia, by the way, who's about 32 years old, made a ton of money in the cryptos, and now he's put all his money in this crypto yield hunting platform, and he's traveling the world. He said, listen, I'm earning, and he's in a more aggressive, he's in a more aggressive uh, uh, yielding account. This kid's earning 22% on his money, and it just sits there. It's well, unbelievable. Well, it's so not, it's I'm not, earning it's, it. I need to understand it better, but I will tell you, I'm trying it, and every day I look, and my account just, you know, every day the, right, the bouncing account goes up. I'm going to say, you and I, without knowing any of the details of this thing, if you're getting nine, somebody somewhere is paying fifteen. The question, the question is, who the who's the somebody? And I'm going to bet you a, a, an adult beverage that they're that they're loaning money for people to buy uh, Bitcoin or something. Well, I'm going to I'm as I as I get as I wet my feet more, I'm going to find out. But um, you can you know if you just type into Google crypto yield hunting, you'll find plenty of you know Weiss ratings down in, in Palm Beach, Florida has a huge program on it. It's I'll bet. You can get out there, you can learn about it, you can see it. It's very interesting. Not only have uh, we got a dash, Kenny, but not only am I dying to hear, but I'll bet you if you come up with a real report, uh, Jeff is going to love your column in uh, Luckbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll come up with a real report. I'll send it to him. All right, buddy. Take care of yourself. SP Futures down 62. SP Futures down 285. Wild morning after a wild day. Mr. Jeff Joseph. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 
20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body, too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, and jocks. stocks, and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Well, welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm somehow Giuliani on the board without my Buffalo Springfield fix. What the hell? It's not playing for some reason. It's like it shows that it's playing, but the audio isn't coming out. <laughs> oh, God. I hate it when that happens. Do we, do we have Mr. Jeff? Because clearly the song is, is, uh, is appropriate today. Something's happening here where it isn't exactly clear. I know. I know. That's been kind of the trend of the combo today. Yeah, so what, do we have Mr. Jeff? We do. Jeff, how are you, buddy? He's there somewhere. Or is he not? Are you here? Maybe buddy? I can. Uh, yeah, maybe I can pick it up. How you doing? All right. Uh, did you uh, listen to the last part of uh, Kenny? Uh, you? Uh, no, no. I just uh, I had to trudge the uh, through the cold, the Chicago cold, the six degree weather, and uh, to to get to my office to get to you. So well, I, I mean, I'd rather have you here. It was better when you when we were able to come in, you know. Well, maybe again Absol- someday. Absolutely, I, I I didn't realize that you were actually doing it in the studio. Are you in every day? I've I've never missed a day. Huh? I hear you. The, uh, yeah, I'm usually in my West Loop office as well. But uh, it was a rough one last night. Stayed up late watching that Australian Open. Uh, oh, Nadal really? and Shabalakov uh, had, had quite the uh, quite the battle last night. Went went really? into the wee hours. So. I watched the Bulls, and uh, they, they looked like they were world beaters, and all of a sudden, not so much, but they did manage to eke a win. Uh, right here. The, uh, so, uh, well, yeah, the forget, bottom here? What, what, do you, what do you make of the sell-off? Well, before, before I uh, the, my, my my thread, because you know I forget stuff quickly, um, Kenny is has some some place he plunked a 1000 bucks at, and there, there's some kind of a, a uh, what do you call it, a, a Bitcoin sort of place, and uh and they're giving them nine percent interest. I'm thinking, Jeff, do you, you think that that's one of these firms that are financing people to buy Bitcoin? What is the what is the rate of a margin loan on Bitcoin? Do you have any idea? No, I don't know. Um, I can't I can't tell you that. But I'm the nine percent number surprises me though. Well, I'm saying if he's getting nine, somebody's paying fifteen somewhere, right? Exactly, and I, I don't see how they could do that. Considering this volatility, well, I mean, I guess you know you are closer to this because you did a whole uh, art, not article. You almost did a whole edition on the, on the cryptocurrencies and stuff. Uh, where, where, where you you still can't pledge that? The example I'll use again is if if you want to buy a thousand shares of IBM here at PTI or Tasty Trade or wherever it is, people are going to a, a bank will loan the clearing firm that money on IBM. And, and everybody gets something, right? Somebody pays a margin loan along the way, but they, but you can. What's the word? Prever, is it prevaricate? What the hell's the, the name of that long term? Where I mean, a, 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 the, in other words, a clearing firm doesn't have to come up with that money out of their capital. It just goes. They can make it, they can put that. But I I don't think I don't think. And again, correct me. Uh, it's more of a question than a statement. 
I don't think a bank's going to take Bitcoin and, and pony up half of a Bitcoin purchase. So it's got to be coming you know, from someplace. It's really, it's really hard to do. I mean, think of the underwriting of that. I mean, it's down 50% from yeah. the highs right now. I mean, you know, it doesn't have a store of value behind it. I, I don't know what bank's extending uh, margin loans on Bitcoin right now. So I'm guessing that, that Kenny's extending it. Right, wherever wherever is his thousand bucks at nine percent, it's finding his way into somebody. I gotta believe if you borrow from uh, for Bitcoin, you're it's way over a regular margin loan, don't you think? But I I never yes. expect that. Ab- absolutely, you you have to be. So what do you make of uh, these last couple of days? You know, it, it's an interesting market to look at Bitcoin right now because you know you you have to struggle to find what the value proposition here is uh, because what you know. The, the way Bitcoin look at look at its evolution and positioning. Uh, it begins by being a you know an alternative currency, and then uh, it moves into a next stage because it's not really a currency because you can't use it to buy anything. So it becomes um, an alternative asset class. But it's hard to call it an asset class because it's not you know necessarily based on on anything. There's no underlying value to it. So then it uh, moves into the space where it's considered to be a um, a, uh, a inflation hedge, right, or non-correlated asset. But then you know the old adage that when uh, when everything goes to hell, all correlations goes to one. You know that comes to be true, as evident by its recent plunge. So, and this is coming from a uh, cryptocurrency believer when I say. I think the Bitcoin universe right now is really struggling to understand its sense of purpose right now, what it exists for, because it clearly is not a um, not the uh, the non-correlated asset that it's been marketed to believe. It's not the in- inflation hedge that uh, you know many were hoping for. So you've got um, you know, but you have one third. Of Bitcoin investors, apparently, this is the best estimate, are still sitting on some profitable positions, but the majority of people in the market right now would have bought at higher levels. So two thirds are in weak hands, and uh, that doesn't that doesn't suggest well for the near term. You know, I, I, I think what we haven't seen in the broader market here yet is even though we've had a you know nice ten percent correction. You haven't seen that sense of capitulation anywhere, and haven't seen it yet in the uh, cryptocurrencies either. So that would be my uh, short take on where things are right now. Yeah, I, uh, well, I think everybody knows uh, my my view of that. It, it, I use the term synthetic. It's turned into a synthetic stock. Uh, I won't use the term fake, and the the marketing has totally been people who bought it going on TV telling other people to buy it. It's it's been like a racetrack tout, from from Scaramucci to all the people on CNBC, all the way up and down the line, Jeff. I there, and the funny part is, I I did without you know, just shooting off my mouth like like I, people accuse me of doing, and maybe sometimes I do. I actually went back and spent about several hours researching the the Dutch tulip incident and how many years it took and how high those things got. And, uh, you know, and there was somewhat of a value for them because they didn't have any in Holland and they were importing them and all of a sudden it became the thing to do for people, rich people's houses to have tulips and it wasn't native. To, well, I, went, I went through the whole mess. But the things that I remember were when people just bought them and the price went up, there was 
kind of no harm, no foul. You know, it it uh, it was expensive, but but nobody cared. But all of a sudden, they got listed on all the exchanges, tulips, believe it or not. And then all and, uh, and then then it got to the point where people found a way to lend money to people to buy the tulips. And it was not very long after that happened, when it became margin loans on the tulips, that the thing crashed and it crashed all the way down. And I'm sitting there thinking. I don't know about history repeating itself, but it sure seems to me we're pretty close to having these guys lending money to people to buy this stuff. And we, and as soon as that happens, we better watch out. And sure enough, that I, you know, I didn't short them. I didn't make any money. I don't have any clients that have them, so I couldn't tell them to sell them or ask them to sell them. I, didn't, I mean, I didn't make a dime on this, but it is exactly the parallel, Jeff. Exactly the parallel. Well, you, you, you could say the same for the broader market, though. You know? Well, sure, Mark. I mean, there, there, there's a there's an absolute correlation with every every crash. Certainly, in your or my lifetime, they almost always coincide with a record margin interest holdings. Correct? Exactly. Right. And, that's right. And uh, and it's people that are forced to sell. It's it's margin loans, and that's why I, mean, I know people think I'm nuts uh, when I say the reason why I don't want a market to go flying up when it quote shouldn't. Because when it comes back down, people lose more money on the way down than they made on the way up. And people look at me like I got three heads, and I'm going to give you at least two reasons for that. One is, on the way up, you got to pay full taxes. On the way down, you can only take off 3000 a year. And by the way, and on, and on the way down, the, a lot of the money you lost, you, you can lose more than you have on the way down. If you if you buy a BM at 60 and it goes to 100 God love you. Isn't that why we're all here? <laughs> right? That, that's why we're all here. If you borrow money right. at a hundred and it goes back down to sixty, now you got a problem because it, because you're leveraged. You know, leverage is the best thing in the world when you're right. It's the worst thing in the world when you're wrong. So th- those two reasons are why you don't want Fed pumping up markets only to have them come flying back down again. I mean, I mean, and that and that's that's been my my theme forever, Jeff. Is it people lose more on the way down than they made on the way up? I mean, I, 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 you can tell me I'm nuts, and maybe you're right, but I suspect you agree with me. Certainly on a tax well, that's, you know. No, that's, that's always the case. Yeah, that's always the case. So, I, you know, uh, the, what do you make of the, the comeback yesterday? We hit some some spots where technically we were pretty low. I, I don't know if the, you know, we'll find out, I guess, next week if the Fed poured some money. And they poured $80 billion in last week. So why does this guy keep pushing for March? If he, at $80 billion a week... Where's he going to be at on the balance sheet by March? I mean, we're going to be so far ahead of the, you know, next next week I'm going to stop buying uh, my lottery tickets. You're going to tell your wife, but you're going to buy, you know, every you're you're going to get rid of the bank account and buy all of all of them today and next before next week, or what are we doing? I mean, well, you know, I mean, I mean, what does the Fed do here, anyways? I mean, they 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 still have to tighten. They have no choice. I mean, you know, you still have to fight inflation. So I, I think you've got a, a market that's in for a tough road. That, that's all, you know. But, hey, but it's a trader's market. These are the kind of things people like you and, you know, in my ecosystem, these are the moments we wait for, you know, when when it becomes a high volatility, you know, trader's market as opposed to a, a trending market. So, well, is it the, way, the way I have with my guys, so Jeff, it's hard for me to, to quote win when they might have twenty five percent of their stuff protected with me, and again, 
for a period of a yep. decade, for yep. a decade, the people who weren't protected did a hell of a lot better than people who were protected, right? Because there was nothing to protect. Because all we did yep. was, was straight up. Well, now all of a sudden it, it's kind of the other way. But God, you know, I, I I can't cover the other eighty, you know, for some people. I mean, there there's guys that have uh, you know huge Bitcoin things that I know of, and I'm like, they they can can they say, can you help me with that? No, I can't. There's no, I can't buy a put on Bitcoin that I know of. I mean, maybe they are available, but I don't know where the hell they are. I mean, I, I can't. It, it's out of my. You know, that's why you tell. You know, I I like the index stuff, not because I'm a. You know, I I hope there's are people maybe like you or Mike or somebody that can pick stocks better than the ones in the indexes. But Jeff, when when somebody hits you up with a portfolio and there's a hundred stocks in there and the market starts to go down, how the hell do you to go buy uh, buy puts in a hundred different positions? Not to mention, yeah, no. by the time somebody wants you to buy it, usually is the time you want to sell them, right? Well, we've got everyone's attention now. The market has yeah. never plunged ten percent this fast to start a year, and uh, and and I, I think it's now. You know, now clearly the question is correction or 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 bear market, right? We go from ten to twenty percent. I think that's highly likely, just because of the excesses that were in the market prior. And, and because the Fed has little ammunition, they have no choice but to combat inflation, and all that leaves them now is, uh, you know, interest rate hikes, and and the market's not going to like it. Not to mention the geopolitical stress. You know, we've got uh, we got a full plate right now. Why do you, do you think? But uh, I, you know, I I would take a different view on the uh, on the crypto side. I I wouldn't rule these currencies out. Listen, there. All I'm questioning is what their what their role is, and challenging those who think it's a non-correlated asset class or it's an inflation hedge. It's not. It's a speculative asset, and if you if you approach it that way, then you know I think you're just being a little bit more rational. But um, you know, it's easy to throw this all in one bucket. But when we look deeply at NFTs and their value, and I don't mean the value of a 24 by 24 pixelated cartoon that's selling for millions because some celebrity wants to buy it for his avatar on Twitter. I'm talking about what NFTs really are, which is just a form of digital receipt that will be essential to all sorts of digital commerce and and, and offline commerce going forward. I can't imagine in five years that you will ever buy real estate, anything of value, again, without having an NFT as a form of digital receipt. So it's not about art. It's about the blockchain. It's about its importance in uh, in both having a form of receipt and authentic- authentication in the uh, online and offline worlds. And, and and those technologies aren't going anywhere. They're, they're here to stay. No. I don't uh, disagree with that at all. I mean, if if, yeah. if you were to tell me if I bought Bitcoin, I would get a piece of blockchain technology, I'd change my mind in a second. But I don't. <laughs> yeah, right. I hear you. Uh, but, you know, the, the thing of it is, though, Jeff, is what what are we, when you say this, a lot of this stuff is going to have value. And, I mean, fortunately, you come out and Kevin comes out and they explain to the Luddite me what all this kind of stuff is. But I, I also know that the, the, that the transactions that take place right now, are, are are not that the way we do it is not that horrible. I mean, if, when you go buy a house, you know, when you used to bring a check, what, what what does it cost the Fed to run a check through the place? A tenth of a cent? 
I mean, what what does it cost for? I mean, it's not like the current system is so horrible that the, we're going to save all that much with the new system. This, you know, this, and and and, and how secure even really is it? I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know that the current system is. There's always going to be improvements, and, and you're you're right. much more on this stuff than I am. But how much? What, what, what are what are what are we really getting? I don't. I mean, is it really is it really worth the, the bazillions of dollars people are saying it's going to be worth? I mean, I, there's been, you know, I mean, Kevin keeps talking about how you can tell every when you pick up a, a thing of broccoli, you can tell exactly what farm it came from. I, I'm thinking you can do it right now. With it, it's, you know that with with the uh, technologies is there. You, I mean, I don't know how much how much easier or better how much more it's going to be worth is it is it two cents a package is it one cent i don't know i mean I, I, it's hard for me to put a number on all this even though it sounds pretty nice to me no but you've got you have some trends that you can rely on that could you know allow you to look forward radio was a pretty cool thing before there was television yeah yeah television was television was the holy grail before the internet came along so and then you know t plus 3 sounds pretty good but what about t plus now Right? Why can't a transaction settle immediately? It can on the blockchain. Uh, when you deposit money through uh, an online bank, because there's no brick-and-mortar banks anymore, it takes two or three days for those funds to clear. There's no reason for that. The blockchain completely obviates that now. Well, you can have T plus one. Things can and, and will always improve. Well, T plus it's just one. like Moore's Law, right? So you yeah. can just count on that computing power to be evident in transactions going forward. Transactions should be immediate, transparent, seamless, and have a historical record and and authentic and, and verification that occurs. Well, the, the, so all those things are enabled by the blockchain. Well, start, well, and those aren't things of the future. They're, those are those are things that are happening now. Well, your your stack. There, I mean, I guess there's reasons why they stick with T plus three. I mean, T plus five was ridiculous, but options have been T plus one for since 1973. So it's not like mm-hmm. you, you couldn't do stock tomorrow. T plus one. Yep, that's right. I mean, uh, I don't. Uh, I mean, the. Uh, I mean, we've we've seen massive inter- in technology. When I when I was on, first came to the SIBO, Jeff, if you were to say, "What's our system like?" they would say. Can we handle a hundred, a hundred thousand, uh, options a day? But obviously, as time went by, it had nothing to do with the amount of options. It had to do with the amount of quotes. Right? The, 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 was the amount of quotes you d- disseminated was the, the massive systems problem, not the amount of options. Nobody cared. I mean, the amount of options could be 90 bazillion. What's the difference? It's, it's the quotes yep. that go out. How many quotes go out? Matter of fact, <laughs> your buddy, uh, it's a quick little story because, uh, you love these stories. Uh, remember Blair Hall, the guy who ran for governor? Sure, yeah. Well, the, the CBOE, uh, developed an auto quote system, right? Because there became way too many stacks and way too many options for the, for the quote reporters to change every single one. They obviously would change one if somebody put a, you know, changed the market or something, but to have, you know, in a, in a pit there could have been, you know, a thousand quotes and some, you know, a couple of people whacking away on the, on the machines as fast as they were. We're going to change all thousand of them. So if they change some, all the rest of them change. So they put it was an auto quote system. You know, if you change one of the deeps, all the deeps, I say deeps, if, if IBM's trading a hundred, you might have options down to twenty. Well, the deeps would be below anything below what, eighty or something? So if you change one of them, they should all really change. Right? You shouldn't have to do all of them manual. Anyway, so whoever put the CBOE system together, 
before they changed the quote, there was they they programmed it to look at the quote, and if it was the same quote, to not change it. Now you know what that means. I don't know if everybody else knows what that means, because instead of I mean instead of change, say there was a hundred deeps. Well, if you looked at it and they had to change it, you had to change a hundred quotes, which was a hundred pieces yeah. of information you had to disseminate. But if you didn't have to change it, to put them all out again, the same number was a massive waste, right? So Blair Hall says the exchange. I I got my own stinking quote system. I don't want to use yours. So one day I'm in the OEX pit, and they and Blair Hall only had I'm going to say ten stacks. Well, they flipped over to his system. All of a sudden, the entire place goes down. And I'm in the OEX pit. I'm going, wait a minute. There's no quotes. What are we going to do here? Orders are piloted. It took him like an hour and a half to find out that Blair's system took the whole thing down because he didn't. Every time they looked at a quote, like every every half a second or every millisecond or what the hell it was, they changed it even though it was the same. So instead of, <laughs> you can only imagine what that did to the place in terms of quotes going out that just blew the whole thing up. They had to it essentially unplug Blair to, <laughs> to get the other system back up again. But you're right. I mean, it's, you know, there, there's always progress and, and it, it gets a little bit at a time. But, uh, yeah, the, I mean, everybody, Kevin rails about the, not rails about it, he, he, he loves the blockchain. They have classes on it over at Ivy Tech. Uh, I wish I knew more about it, actually. Well, you know, I, I, I wish it was, that, that, uh, moment of the future was more now. I was, um, looking at the IRS right now because, you know, tax season approaching and, and we were, um, contemplating some editorial here at Luckbox Magazine about IRS and processing returns and what that world looks like. And there's some interesting facts worthy of noting that we found out in early research. And that's, um, as of, um, the IRS is way behind right now, right? And that's, um, as of the end of 2021, they still haven't processed 6 million returns from the tax year 2020. And they still have 2.3 million amended returns to get through, which are taking about 20 weeks on average to resolve. Um, so, and then in 2019, they sent out about 700,000 notices claiming a math error and that people were allowed to accept the IRS's correction or contact them to resolve the issue. Last year, that number got up to 13 million errors that they made. But taxpayers had attempt to call uh, on their uh, dispute line, their correction line, only had their call answered about 11, 12% of the time. So there is a big, big mess over at the IRS right now. And, uh, you know, that's a perfect example. Unfortunately, the last place you'll see the efficiencies of blockchain uh, appear is, is in government. <laughs> Ironically, it's, it's likely where it's needed most, but... You know, the, when we're looking at applications for, you know, blockchain settlement and, and transparency and efficiency of transaction, you know, there's, the best place to look is starting with the government. Wouldn't it make sense if, if all transactions, all purchases by the Pentagon, if all those things were reported in the blockchain so that any citizen could see how we're spending money? Imagine what that would be like, right? You could, you could be more transparent right now. They don't want to be. We're talking about, we're talking about yeah. a Fed. We're talking about a Fed that it, it, there were uh, two, I hate to say this, two bumps on CNBC yesterday talking about how Jay Powell has been the most transparent guy. Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong. He he has three people on his board that resigned because they're trading ahead of the numbers. He's got 
he takes all the, the weekly money supply numbers and decides I'm not going to give them to you again. The, the last money supply number you can find right now is from November 21st. Tell me, tell me again how transparent this guy is. What, what, what am I missing? Yeah, not to mention, uh, you know, insider trading activities, et cetera, right? Hey, I'm going to say something um, about your IRS thing just for a second, just as a little minor pushback. Uh, the reason why, I'm, I'm going to lob this one out there, and people can you know, tweet in if they want. I'm going to say the reason why they're so behind, they are not behind at all, from my my experience, on, on uh, tax returns that are electronically filed. They are totally re- re- behind on, on uh, returns that have been mailed in, and I'm going to say that they were behind because none of the none of the bumps uh, were working at the IRS office. How the hell do you get do you process people's manual returns from your house? You, does somebody want to pick them up and they give you a handful or what? And oh, by the way, when you're talking about the the mathematical. My last two. I think that may. I, I think that makes complete sense. That's that's probably the case. By the way, my last right. my last two returns I sent in, and mine are not all that complicated. I mean, there's a, there's a few companies in there and something, but nothing major. Um, I had a mathematical correction on both of them, Jeff. That yep. was under five bucks, and I got letters about <laughs> it. What, what's the point? I'm not even going to show right. it to my accountant. I don't want to pay him to say how do you, tell me where you screwed up for five bucks. There's got to be a. Uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> there's, there's a lot of thousands of dollars on this return. Who cares about? If, one of them was four fifty or something. I, I can't. I couldn't find a word. Hell, I went through it. I couldn't find a word. Was I don't even know what? They, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Where do you where do you stand on this? I, I know we have a fundamental disagreement on uh, something that's really simple from my mind in terms of. A way to fix government is term limits. I know you disagree, and we've had that conversation before. Oh, I don't. I don't disagree but, at all. I don't disagree at all. I, but but next, next on that list would be a flat tax for the obvious reason that we've created a whole class and occupation of tax lobbyists, tax lawyers, tax accountants. You know, the accounting world that all profit from our current tax revenue code and its forty, fifty thousand pages. Right. A flat tax, the whole notion of actually sending in your, your tax on a, on a postcard, that's not, that's not political marketing. It, I, it, it, it could be a reality. I have a, all the, all the lobbyists that, you know, want to see things kept the way they are, you know, wouldn't prevent it. But what's your thoughts on that? I, uh, two, two things that, I, that I'm, 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 I'm again, the whole concept of, of a, of a of a, of a flat tax on your federal stuff because your federal stuff on your taxes is only a quarter of the taxation people pay in this country. It's, mm-hmm. it's one leg of the stool. Uh, so I would, somebody who makes 50 grand a year is, is so overly burdened by regressive taxes, both on his payroll, his state, and his, and his city, that if you start doing the same thing on the, on the last, the last leg, I think you got a problem. You, some, somebody somewhere has to identify how the rest of taxes people pay are, are so regressive that if the Fed started to do that, I, I don't see how you get there. But but having said that, I'm absolutely with you in terms of I would I would tomorrow I would have individuals, corporations, and everybody else, you know, up up to after a certain point, everybody pay whatever the number is, thirty one percent. Corporations included, but I would allow corporations to 
deduct dividends that you send out to people because then those people get to pay on their rent. I, remember with a flat, remember with a flat tax, you can draw the line anywhere, the baseline. It, it can, it doesn't have to start at at dollar one. Well, we don't have anywhere it near. Start, we it don't can have, start at dollar thirty thousand. It can start at forty thousand. Right? right, but it's it's you know you're right. I mean, but I'm saying we don't have anywhere near the what do they used to call them the uh, the brackets that we did back in uh, you know in, in Reagan and Carter and those people's time. We used to have how many brackets, sure. but uh. Well, anyway, SP futures down seventy. We're, we're leaking again here, Jeff. SP futures down yep, fifty-two. Yep, we'll that. Be right back, stocks and jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it is time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single-family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tim Out. Celiani on the board. I'm Mr. Jeff Joseph with us. SP Futures not on 73. I'm going to say, boy, well, Jeff will be back on in a second. I did not expect this this morning. I'm going to say that. We'll see. Maybe Jeff did. Uh, we were so busy adjusting. We were down yesterday and happy it came back that uh, 
I thought I would go right back down again. I guess didn't exactly cross our minds here. Uh, Nasdaq features down 321. Uh, we got the Dow individual stocks. And this is when IBM was up seven dollars last night. Now it's only up 18 cents after earnings. Apple down another 368. Well, it was down a bunch yesterday and came back. Amgen down a buck 68. Uh, Goldman Sachs down 730. Home Depot down 581 after they were up huge yesterday. It's, anyway, the Dow's down 278. Dow futures. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX is still up. Now these guys, uh, they they finished down yesterday. They didn't, they didn't come back like we did yesterday, but still they're up today. Uh, 101. It's 0.7 percent. FTSE down up 75. That's a full one percent. CAC around up 54.8 percent. Over in Asia, though, a different tone over there all, all together. Nikkei down 457, 1.7 percent. Shanghai down 91. That's 2.6 percent. Hang Seng down 412, 1.7. So kind of whack whack over there. As a way of review, yesterday. Uh, Dow was up 99 after being down well over a thousand. S&P was up 12 after being down, I'm gonna say 125. NASDAQ up 86. I'm not sure exactly where those guys were down at least 500 at one point. Uh, bonds. Up three uh, basis points to 1.76. The bond up one basis point to minus 0.09. Uh, Japan unchanged at uh, 0.13. Uh, oil up 12 cents, 83.43, kind of quiet in the oil patch. Uh, Brent up 32 cents, 86.59. Natural gas down 9 cents, under 4 bucks, despite how cold it is outside. It only Annie's going to tell us about it in a second. At 3.93, our Bob up a penny, 2.41. We've got gold up a dime, 18.41. It was Donald earlier. Uh, silver up a penny, 23.81. Quiet, but slightly to the upside. A uh, copper unchanged. And we've got Bitcoin down 2.12 at 36,419. I think they, Jeff probably knows better than me, but I think they bottomed at 33,000 and change yesterday. So they're up probably 10% from their low. They were down 25% in like, uh, one over the weekend, damn near. Eliani, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Good morning, everyone. Currently 7.36 a.m. on January 25th. Let's start off with our sports, ladies and gentlemen. In the NBA, Bulls beat OKC last night, 111 to 110. Suns beat Utah Jazz. 115-109. In hockey, Blackhawks lose to Colorado Avalanche, 0-2. Nothing to report for Phoenix involving hockey. In college basketball, Arizona State loses to USC, 56-78. Major loss. Same for EIU Panthers. They lose to Belmont Bruins, 56-90. In weather, currently 4 degrees in Chicago. We're going to have a high of 13 with a low of now negative 7. But we have at least some sunshine coming through today. In Phoenix, they're far better off than we are. Currently 46 degrees with clear skies with a high of 69 and a low of 45. Really hectic roads in Chicago this morning. I have been keeping track of it. It's kind of insane. Uh, there is a massive amount of traffic on 290 East between the I-88 East exit ramp onto 290 all the way up to the I-90-94-290 highway intersection there, mainly due to construction that's going to be there for quite a while. As we know, that takes forever. Uh, there's also traffic on uh, 290 West between Central and 9th, uh, an accident on Roosevelt at County Road 25, uh, 94 Westbound traffic between 130th and West North Avenue, uh, correction, sorry, 130th and Cicero. Uh, there's an accident on 294 at LaGrange, uh, 294 South at LaGrange as well. There's another accident on route um, Highway 55 South at Route 71. And some traffic between 55 North, between Route 171 and South Damon. So please be careful driving around today. It's kind of insane. That's all I have for you, Chief. So I'd turn back if I were you, is your advice? Yeah, pretty much go home. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) How's that for a dismal thing, Jeff? Go home. 
<laughs> go home. Yeah. Go home. So, um, you know, after, I know the uh, technical traders probably saw yesterday as a one of those outside reversal days, right? I mean, but uh, we'll see how this plays out today. I don't know it's that, uh, I'm not so sure that a, again, if I, if I knew where all these bottoms and tops were, I'd, I'd be guys shopping for the yacht. Uh, the, they have a, a 25% up year like last year with the Fed pouring as much money into the system as they did. The idea that we're, we're only susceptible for 10% is, as much as I wish it was true, Jeff, I don't know that it is. You mean uh, 10% on the upside? On the downside. That, that, that's as far, you know, that, that would be, it's as far as we can go, because I think we just got pumped up by 25. So I don't know, yeah, I, don't, I don't know what the number I, is. I, I, would, I would agree with you completely. Um, hey, you know, it's not like I don't, uh, the, the, both, both things that you mentioned, the flat tax and the term limits, I'm much closer to you on this than, than you think. I just, as you know, I'm always digging for the, for the for the the real reason, and I, I have a, I, I have an issue, and maybe you you've done issues on this, so you know more than I. The the guy who's actually well, there's a couple of guys and a couple of ladies running for uh, what's his names, uh, the guy who's retiring, Bobby Rush's seat. Uh, if you and I somehow landed in, into uh, Congress our first year. It seems to me that the, you know there's a couple old farts in there I'd, I'd sure love to see out, Jeff. But I don't like the term "rimless" thing for two reasons. One is I don't think we have ability to sit back for ten years and see if it works. You know, we're going to end up grandfathering people in. My my question is to you, and I can't find a. I'm getting a little bit more of a feel because all you guys know more than I do about it. What exactly, if you and I go in there as a as a freshman rep? We might as well sit at home on the can, for God's sake. I mean, nobody nobody cares about us. We're not going. What are we going to do? We're going to be we're going to be we're given the ass end of a committee, and we're expected to vote just what our party is. And after two years, as much as we're going to, well, you got a wife, I got a girlfriend, so we're not going to be catting around town, which seems to be fun for the young people. We're not going to be hanging in the bars because I don't even think they have. Half of them don't even have the, the game on because they got CNBC on it or whatever. I mean, what exactly do we, are we going to do all day? I mean, it, it well, seems you like just the, made, you just made the case for term limits. Well, but I, what it's, I, it's, it's what, the current structure that prohibits them from having any any input, any any value. See, I, I mean, here's what I'm concerned about when, when you say that, though. You, you, and by the way, my significant other, and an awful lot of other people around me, and Doctor J and everybody else, all think I'm nuts about this. But I'm convinced that the real issue is is how this power is a, is is apportioned and it and it and it's not just somebody's there for a while somehow or another it, this is this is happening where you get there your your three or four or five terms which sounds like a lot of terms but it's only 8 years uh, which isn't very long in the house because uh, a lot of bills take you know they're they're two term or three term bills your agricultural bills your things like that they're not they're not done in 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 two terms or I mean in two years I mean, so, something is happening here, whether it's lobbyist access, whether it's something, something, that's it's there more than, in other words, if we threw Nancy Pelosi out, it just means that somebody, somebody who's been there longer is going to have the power in somebody. I don't understand why the power is proportioned the way it is, Jeff. And it, to me, it has more to do with money than it does with time in the place. And, it, and until I, you can prove to me that I'm wrong, 
then I'm and I'm with you in the term limits. It, I don't think it's that well, simple. Well, like no, I, I think yeah, I think you just made the case for it. It, it is money, and, and it's money and influence, and money and influence accumulate among those who have been in office the longest. So they, I think you've just made the case for it completely. But so if everybody was on an even playing field and nobody had the opportunity, remember, you know, it, it's well known that from the day you're elected to public office in the House or the Senate. More than one third of your time is spent um, raising raising campaign funds to stay in office. Right? You are you are bought and paid for ultimately, not by your constituents, but by the lobbyists that can write the biggest checks. And and that money and power accumulates to those who've been in office the longest. Case in point, you know the uh, Mitch McConnells and Nancy Pelosi's of the world. If they were all around for five years max, that wouldn't happen. Everybody would have an equal playing field. You know, the, you would you would truly you would not be subject to the influence of the big lobbyists. You would be working for the people. See, that's that's because the part. You're in and you're out. See, that's the part. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't buy. Yeah. I, mean, I, I very. I, mean, I very seldom totally disagree with you, but this this I will because. I put myself. I don't ever want to be on the other side, Jeff. I don't ever want to be sure. the the big lobbyist, the guys. Because I was reading some stuff. Uh, matter of fact, you were on the air. We were talking about it, and you were you were agreeing with me. By the way, I was talking. I had an article that somebody sent me. It wasn't you. It was somebody else. A uh, listener it wasn't about how um, pharmaceutical money is now not near as concentrated at the top of the Senate and the House and that it used to be. How so? Right. A bigger portion of it is actually being used for people's first term in, in, in representatives, and how much of it is driven down to the state legislative districts, which it, I guess, ten years ago it sort of never was. So, the the influence is still going to be bought. It's just going to be bought earlier. So, in other words, instead of giving Nancy Pelosi the money, which we use in her name, and we don't, I don't even know if she takes drug money, but I'm so drug pharmaceutical money. <laughs> Not, me- not Mexican, whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I, we assume that anybody who's been there a long period of time has gotten a check from Pfizer, but I, you know, I don't know that. Uh, mm-hmm. What what they're doing is that then you would see if you and I ran against each other in your district. Of course, I'd have to move to your district, I guess. Uh, both of us are getting our ass packets stuffed at that level, even though we're not, we haven't even gotten there yet. It just, it just shifts down. I don't, I don't, I don't know that you gain anything. It just shifts down. Cause the money's still gonna find the people that, that, that the, so in other words, if our influence, if, if now anybody actually that, that, that's true, but yes, that, that's 100% true, but take it, take it the next step further. Uh, the reason that that money's effective to lock in a politician's influence because they have to get reelected. If you take take the reelection off the off the table, you can take the money. It changes the nature and the value of lobbyist donations. Well, how, how about something? And I don't know how you'd ever enforce this. How about if you and I run for office in a district, either either me, your campaign manager, as you ran, or run against each other? How about the money comes from the district? I don't want Pfizer from Europe buying you or me into office. How do we stop that? And the Supreme Maybe Court you says don't. you can't. You don't. And the, the Supreme Court has told us already that 
you know, corporations are people and, and they have the right to uh, speech and they have the right to spend money. Um, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Well, how does, how does the Supreme Court, I mean, you're not, first of all, you never do this, so I'm sure as hell not going to accuse you of it. You never, you never pull the, uh, who was the old conservative judge that, that croaked in Texas? The hell was his name? And they still don't know if he's killed or not. Well, I don't know if he's killed. Scalia. Scalia? Yeah. I mean, he always had this, this idea that he knew exactly what, you know, the founding fathers were thinking. I mean, I, I never do that, but I, I'm going to say, Jeff, that there's, there's two big problems with the Constitution. One is, they, they assume that no matter how crooked you and I might be, or Eliani, she could be crooked too. We, hey. <laughs> but, but as people, guess what? We, we, we last longer than we used to, but we still croak one of these days, right? Uh, and, but, but corporations never die. A big difference. Well, a lot of them don't. The ones we seem to want to die, they don't. Uh, and also, you're in my ability in 1780, if we lived in, uh, New Hampshire, to affect a, uh, an election in South Carolina where I'm going to say next to nothing. I mean, unless we were, maybe, maybe we could, we could get on a horse, go down there with a big hunk of gold and a saddlebag and do something, but, we could do it maybe once and in one place, not everywhere. But this, somehow this has to be, how the Supreme Court could decide that the, that the, that the people in, uh, on day one who were writing the Constitution really meant that they wanted the guy of New Hampshire infecting the, the thing in South Carolina. How do you even, how do you even come close to that? It never would have crossed their mind, would it? Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand that. So I mean, I'm more worried about that. I mean, in other words, I I don't want to I don't want to fight this thing in ten years from now. If if we're still doing the show, sitting there going, "Hey, guess what? Pfizer spent just as much money as they did ten years ago. They just now they're they're, they're giving some money to the day he gets in there instead, instead of waiting two terms." I don't know. Have we accomplished well, that? Once again, though, when your goal is about being reelected, it's less about doing the business of the people, and you're more easily. Uh, subject to, to being locked in in terms of your influence. If re-election becomes your ultimate objective, then money is going to corrupt. Well, if you think, and and and, and, and by the way, Nancy Pelosi has accepted 2.4 million from major pharma since uh, 2010. I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say since uh, Christmas. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I would, I would think so too. Yeah, so much to shows anyways. Uh, yeah, so since Thanksgiving, <laughs> I would nothing would. I, you know, I just somehow or another the influence, and, and the answer really is. I mean, I, they had uh, they, were, they had two guys from Indiana, and both of them, both opposite sides of the aisle. It was uh, is it Evan by one of the, the dad's dead, right? Which one was the dad? Uh, yeah, uh, wherever, wherever is it, whatever, whatever the by is, it's still alive. That he was governor and he was senator for a while. But then he, I don't know, he moved to Washington. He tried to run again and he lost. And there was another guy from Indiana who was very conservative. And they, they had the two of them on this show. It was on a Sunday morning or something. And uh, they both agreed that the middle class needs to put their big boy pads on and take the country back. They're they're letting people take it from them. And if they don't vote, they don't they don't care. But they they obviously care. But unless they come up with some dough. Uh, you know, they both mentioned that the you know the unions, not because they maybe even wanted to, used to carry some of the water. Uh, not not your your uh, public unions, the other unions f- for the middle class, because a lot of their stuff lined up. 
So, but right now, sure. they, 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 they better get a voice. They don't have one. And, and your politicians, be it Trump, be it Biden, whoever it is, to see the way they act, as long as they have their 25% or 30% of people they think are rapidly on their side, they don't care about the middle class, Jeff. This is a, a totally different dynamic, money-wise, than it was a decade ago. Right. Well, well, well. Meanwhile, things are that influence is going in the opposite direction because the the great resignation is seeing uh, resulting in a shrinking of the working class. Right. Well, right. I think the re- people are resigning some places to try and get jobs other places because they're making more money. But I mean, there's right. some of that's going on. A lot of people are just said to hell with it around disability. That's a problem because the rest of us are paying it. Uh, we got people retiring at age 50-something. I'm not so sure who's supposed to pay for that, but uh, some people think we should. Uh, you know, I mean, there's there's a million issues out there, right? But they, yeah. the, the, the bottom line is, I don't know who's supposed to pay for all this. I mean, uh, somebody better made a lot of money in the market yesterday because somebody's got to write the check. Just saying. I, I mean, uh, I don't... Uh, Whatever the big issues are, we don't seem to be able to get at them. I mean, do you really think... I want to go back earlier. You were mentioning the... Uh, the Fed is trying to fight inflation. If if fighting inflation means a twenty five percent hit in the market, only because they're the ones that pumped it up that much, uh, do you think that the the people, the one percenters that own you know a real lot of assets, do you think they're going to let the Fed make that trade? They they obviously mm-hmm. influence the hell out of this guy. Yeah, but what that's, do you th- a, that's a fair, that's a fair question. I mean, it put eighty billion in the market last week. It's, it clearly is not easy for this guy to turn the spigot the other way, is it? No, no, not at all, not at all. Um, by the way, while we're on this topic and we're watching this market continue its decline right now today, um, what's your overall take on gold? I'm very curious about that. And the reason I'll give you some context. Um, I was listening to Peter Schiff of all people, who I have. Uh, very little regard for to his um, his you know the, the same rant he does about gold that he's been doing every day for the last ten years, uh, and I've been hearing him say it again because he's got a little bit more wind in this step because Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, which have been kind of taking uh, stealing his thunder, uh, finds itself you know in a swoon right now. So. So he thinks that gives a renewed opportunity for gold. What, what, what's your take on gold I, as I, it sits I, uh, now? You know, I've actually basically unchanged on the day. I agree with him, and I'm, but I've been way early on this gold. And my my thoughts on gold, Jeff, and I don't want to turn this around on you at all. Have have nothing to do with gold. It has to do with the dollar, because un, unlike a lot of people, I was fortunately or unfortunately educated enough to know that that. A dollar is a good, just like anything else. It's just another product, and like all products, they derive they derive their value from their scarcity. And one thing I know about gold is that the the volume of it doesn't change much, right? Uh, you know, the all the all the gold that's ever been mined can fit in an Olympic swimming pool or three Olympic swimming pools or something like that. Uh, so it's not about do I think gold should be should be more valuable. It's about if you increase the money supply by thirty eight percent, which they've done in the in the last two years, should gold in relation to dollars go higher? And the answer, if you ask me that a hundred times, is going to be yes a hundred times. It hasn't very much. But now if you ask right. me, should gold in relation to automobiles go up, I'd say, well, why would that go up, right? 
I mean, if 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 a if a, if a pound of gold was equal to a car two years ago, I think it should still be equal to a car. But we're not talking about cars. We're talking about gold versus dollars, right? So, so in that regard, because one I think is degrading, I think gold should be higher in terms of dollars. So, does that answer the question in kind of a weird way? And it's not. Which well. Is, well, yes and no, because the, then the big question is, why haven't we seen that move at all in five years? I suspect that there is a, a liquidator someplace, whether it's whether it's a country or something, that, that somebody is, is liquidating as we go, somebody who needs the money. Maybe it's China, maybe it's India. Somebody somebody is, is kind of liquidating along the way, and I don't know who that is. It might have lost... You know what I'm saying? If... Think of it as think of it as a say we're goals now goals eighteen hundred bucks say well yeah. Jeff and, and, and to its credit it's up fifty percent from its yeah, you know yeah. August two thousand eighteen number right but, but right now today uh, and, and gold is up oh say gold's eighteen hundred bucks and uh, uh, the the Russell's uh, two hundred bucks okay so if if you two thousand two uh, thousand bucks so they're say they're roughly the same price. Okay, so if you gave everybody, if you had a dollar bill, they gave you a $2 bill, and we doubled the money supply tomorrow. Well, gold should double. So should the Russell, because now there's twice as much, twice as many dollars, right? So the relative value of gold to the Russell doesn't change at all, but the relative value of gold to dollars should be double because you just gave me twice as many dollars. It has nothing to do with gold, you know what I'm saying? Now, the question is, why hasn't it moved? I'm thinking they're, 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 they're either either the the, uh, the industrial demand for gold has dropped, uh, the, the jewelry vi- demand for gold has dropped, which could be, or somebody's been liquidating it someplace. I mean, what else could it be? I mean, right? Because otherwise, it should just move with the dollar. Without, so we we think gold's moving, gold's not moving, the dollar's moving. Is my point? Or isn't? You know, why isn't gold moving? Because the dollar is. Everything else is. How much are cars up? Used cars are up what? Twenty five percent. And you're right, gold's up some. Well, then let's take it the next step. Though you've explained why it should move, what will make it move? Uh, I think if they people people right now think that the Fed actually is going to start cutting back on this advance, where they're going to they're going to bring this money supply growth down. I don't I don't believe them, Jeff. I don't I honestly don't believe them. Because all they're doing is, is is saying they're going to do it in two months, hoping they don't they don't have to. I don't. I haven't seen any change. Have you in the last six months no. since they've been talking about this? No, I've seen no change. But one thing I mean, that's probably that's probably the uh, White House jawboning the Fed somehow behind the scenes because the last thing they want to see is the market continue to swoon as a result of uh, inflation fighting efforts. Well, we we talked yesterday. Uh, I forget who was on. We talked about it. It was uh, it might have been with Mike. Where, where we talked, we rattled off like five things. I don't remember what the hell they were now. That people have been talking about forever. Nothing ever changes. Every president's going to lower prescription drug prices, right? They go straight up. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, these guys are going to they're going to keep cutting back on this. They, they, he he really hopes that the next CPI shows that used cars have flattened out. The next CPI thing is going to be, you know, points point six on a yearly basis or something, and yep. they're not going to have to do it. They're putting it off as far as they can with the hope, with yeah, the hope I, that they never have to. So, I, you know, I don't, 
I don't know how you, who you believe at that point. What's your next uh, edition? By the way, how, and this one fly off the shelves, the current one? Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, it's a very, very popular issue. The one we're working on right now is all about art and design. So we, we, we get into, um, art as an asset class, you know, and, and new ways to invest in art on a fractionalized basis. Some of them legitimate, some less so. Uh, but showing, you know, maybe it is, as of now, the, the last uncorrelated asset class. Um, however, it, it's not it's not that easy. That might look that way on paper, but it's a complicated market. So we get into art and how to invest in it, new platforms that enable art investment to a wider selection. You know, what's interesting about the art market, it's really become the, you know, it's it's the market of the half of the 1%, right? I mean, if you're a billionaire, um, other than buying a sports team and um, a, a mega yacht, the only thing left as a trophy acquisition is fine art, and it has been. You know, it, it has, and that's what's been just driving up fine art prices to absolute historic levels with real no signs of abatement now. You know, what we look at is that phenomenon. Where's the floor? How does it become accessible to a wider universe of investors? And new technologies and platforms are actually allowing that to happen, but it's still speculative. There's nothing easy about it. So we get into, you know, digging deep into art and design and the shape of things to come, and that's the theme of the next issue. Hey, uh, how about if we... Ask Eliani to take a note because she'll remember. Neither you, you or I will. Next week, let's let's give ourselves some reasonable time in talking about how the the prices. If we look at the people who got a lot of this government largesse versus the people who didn't, let's talk a little bit about the art, the stuff they buy, and how this how the prices of that are, are changing maybe differently than stuff I'm going to say regular people buy. Uh, the, yeah. the theme of this is. I mean, I don't want to get into this too heavy. Some guy wrote a very interesting article. It was sent to me by a listener a few years ago. We were in kind of an, uh, one of these other kind of periods. It was more than a few years ago about how he traced the, the cost of uh, high-end call girls versus low-end and how in the last year the price of high-end were going up by 20% and the price of low-end were down 20% because it was a, I don't know, was a stock market boom or something. How there was a, a tremendous difference. in the, like I bet there's a huge difference that you just alluded to between the price of high-end art or, or Duesenbergs versus something that regular people buy. Yeah, for, for, the, for the same reason. And, and, and vice indexes in the past have kind of tracked income inequality issues as well and wealth gaps. So even though that's a little provocative, uh, what you just brought up, it's, it, it's actually you know grounded in a lot of economic sense. So. By the way, if you're doing this, if you're one of those guys, I would rather have come over to your house and sit in a Duesenberg than I would look at a piece of art, just saying. <laughs> Not that my vote counts for anything, but I'd rather I'd rather try the Duesenberg out than look at the piece of art, just saying. <laughs> Jeff, thank you. SB Futures up, I'm sorry, down 69. SB Futures down 306. This is crazy. We'll report on it tomorrow morning. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 708- 
349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. I stick my neck out for nobody.